You are listening to Perplexity. Hello, everyone. Happy holidays and welcome back to another episode of Perplexity, a mystery podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kadra. And in the spirit of Christmas, though it is a little belated, I am bringing you guys a holiday-filled episode today, but it's definitely still going to have a creepy factor. This one will be a little shorter, but today we're going to be talking about a classic. I feel like every podcast has either talked about this before or will cover it at some point if they're in my genre, but we're going to be talking about Krampus. Krampus is a pretty well-known yuletide Germanic demon, half goat, half man, cryptid situation. There's a lot going on. So we'll get into some legends and lore about Krampus uh, and even some alleged sightings. If you are new here, I tell tales every single week that have left me perplexed. So if you love a good mystery that leaves you wanting more, then be sure to tune in every single week wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And of course, if you enjoy, you can always hit that subscribe button on YouTube or you can leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Each time you do that, it puts the show in front of other listeners. So that is much appreciated and it helps keep the content flowing. Trigger warning for today's episode, this podcast is not for children and we will be discussing some disturbing content. So listener discretion is advised and all of the sources that I used for today's episode will be available down in the show notes. So Krampus is pretty well known. Some say he's one of the most well-known mythological creatures of all time. But I'll be honest, growing up in a pretty religious, conservative household, <laughs> I never really had the opportunity to learn about Krampus. I don't think I had ever heard of him until recently, <laughs> just being honest here. Um, but I had a really fun and interesting time learning about him. Like many other legends, though, I do want to say here up front, there are a lot of different variations from region to region. Uh, Krampus has like slightly different names in different places. There's very similar legends all throughout Europe. So if you hear this legend and maybe you're familiar with a specific one, just keep in mind it's not that I'm telling it wrong. It's that there's a lot of different versions here. So I'm going to try my best to give you guys an idea of who Krampus is and what the general consensus is about the legend. Think of it like the game of telephone. Like a lot of legends, there's going to be variations from place to place. So as I said before, Krampus comes from Germanic folklore. And like Americans have Santa Claus... In their Christian winter celebrations, Germans have St. Nicholas, but in some of the legends, St. Nicholas has his evil henchman, Krampus. Krampus is like his assistant, if you will. If you think of like the angel and the devil on your shoulder, St. Nicholas is the angel or the good cop and Krampus is the devil or the bad cop who punishes children. On December 5th, St. Nicholas is known to treat children in this area who behave, giving them gifts and treats like oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate. 
But Krampus takes care of all those naughty children. But he doesn't just give them lumps of coal. He'll do you one better. So the origin of the name seems to either come from Bavarian culture with the word Krampen, meaning dead or rotten, or from the German word Krampen, meaning claw. Krampus is known to tower above children. He's really tall, like seven feet, and he's covered with either brown or black matted fur. His legs bend backward like a goat, and he has one cloven hoof like a goat and one human foot like a man. His face would not be complete without his long and red pointed tongue, sharp fangs, grimmest expression, yellow eyes, and two long curving goat-like horns sitting atop his head. Pretty terrifying. It's like Mr. Tumnus, but like the Black Mirror Twilight Zone version. <laughs> According to some, the original legend claims Krampus was one of the sons of Hel, the Norse god of the underworld. This is a pretty controversial theory. Uh, a lot of people don't agree with that, but just something I heard from a couple of sources, so wanted to mention. The term Krampus also refers to an entire breed of demonic creatures that are sighted in wintertime in the Alps. It is said children who are haunted by Krampus will hear him before he arrives because he straps these big, large cowbells around his waist and he'll have like other bells on his body as well. So instead of hearing like the cheerful sleigh bells of St. Nicholas, you'll hear these loud ass cowbells and you know that a giant goat man is going to come take you away. It's like bells from hell, basically. Krampus also carries around a switch or a rod with him made of birch, and he is known to beat children who disobey their parents, don't learn scripture well enough, etc. Yay. He also carries chains with him to bind any children that have strayed from a well-behaved path. The chains are also thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church, and he is known to thrash these chains about, making a lot of noise, so he's kind of dramatic. In some legends, he drops nuts or berries for the children, but then he also beats the children if they take the treats from him. So he's very dramatic and hot and cold. Sounds like a Scorpio to me, which I can say because I am a Scorpio myself. As if all of that isn't terrifying enough, according to some legends, he also is said to carry a leather bucket or a woven basket on his back. And he uses this if a child's been really bad, he'll take the child, he'll kidnap them and throw them into this bottomless sack. And he will carry them into the pits of hell. And sometimes he will even eat the children. Okay then. So this whole idea is obviously to scare children into not misbehaving. You know, we have all these cautionary tales that we tell kids. So this is no different, but this one's pretty intense, right? It's theorized that the legend of Krampus stems back to pre-Christian Alpine traditions before the Inquisition and that it has pagan origins and celebrations date back to the 6th or 7th century AD. But written sources tell us that the legends are only at the end of the 16th century. So a lot of people think this goes back much further, but based on writings, we know that 
people at least started writing about Krampus at the end of the 16th century. So either way, it's a pretty old legend. And there is also Krampus Day, Krampus Night, or Krampus Knocked, and that's on December 5th, when St. Nick and Krampus are said to visit children. They are known to visit homes and businesses as well on this day. So St. Nicholas, you know, makes all of his rounds to the good children, and Krampus focuses on the bad ones. When St. Nicholas visits the children, he is known to carry a golden ceremonial staff, and he passes out the gifts and the treats while Krampus hands out coal. And this is cool. I thought this sounded familiar. In Germany, some of the kids will put their shoes or their boots outside and hope that they're filled with sweets, nuts, and other goodies like Christmas stockings. In most parts of Germany, though, St. Nick's counterpart is Necht Ruprecht. There's also Belsnickel, who has many other names and is popular in folklore in southwestern Germany, who may have been based on Necht Ruprecht. In many parts of Bosnia and Herzegovina and Croatia, children are given a golden branch by St. Nicholas if they've been behaving, This represents their good deeds, but if the child has misbehaved, Krampus will give them a silver branch, and he takes all of their gifts away and keeps them for himself. Grinch-like behavior. So the legend of Krampus seems to have really been brought to life in Austria and Bavaria, and then it spread later to Germany when Germany was actually established as a country. Unlike Christian Christmas with angels, Jesus, and tidings of comfort and joy, early Austrian and Bavarian culture was not complete without ghouls and goblins. They loved spookiness, including during December. So reminiscent of the boogeyman, it seems like Krampus is yet another cautionary tale for children to obey their parents, right? But Krampus tradition also established social order. In earliest times, this legend was told and carried out, and if adults were greedy and decent, etc., it's said that they would be visited by Krampus. So this legend was not only used to control children, but also to scare and control society, at least for some time. The legend of Krampus really gained traction, as I said, in Austria and Bavaria. This was in the late 1800s, and a lot of this was thanks to these creepy, colorful greeting cards that started being distributed throughout the country. These were called either Krampus carton or Krampus carton, which included an artistic depiction of Krampus standing over children with his demonic grin and his switch in hand. Many of these cards are an early example in a long line of interpretations of the legend that still persist today. So some people basically say these Krampus cartons changed the legend a little bit. They made it a little bit more, I guess, dramatic or maybe like cartoon-like, kind of like how the media twists things and blows it up more. So some people say that these Krampus cartons twisted the legend and made it less accurate, but hard to say. In 1932 in Austria, the Krampus tradition was actually banned under the clerical fascist Fatherland Front and the Christian Social Party. Such buzzkillers. And two decades later, pamphlets were passed out to townspeople titled Krampus is an Evil Man. 
the pamphlets strongly emphasized that they worried the Krampus legend would damage children's mental health. But for whatever reason, towards the end of the century, Krampus celebrations ramped back up again. So today, festivals in these areas are held annually, and they often include adults dressing up in Krampus attire. They carry around switches, and they wear these really creepy masks. By the Inquisition, dressing up as Krampus was banned by some civil authorities after the Catholic Church declared the celebration immoral, to the point that you could even be put to death if you were being perceived as a demonic figure. But the ban was really difficult to enforce because everyone was pretty spread out in this area, and a lot of people lived in these houses that were I guess, like, high up or, like, in the thick of the woods, like, hard to get to. So, basically, it was really hard to enforce the ban, and the ban was useless. People were just going to do whatever they wanted. So, like I said, these Krampus celebrations have made quite a comeback. They're known as Krampus Runs. And you can see videos of these festivals in Austria with dozens of usually young men walking around with these scary masks. And they're trying to terrify the crowd with their antics. It's kind of like haunted house style, but it's in the streets of their town. There's even videos on TikTok of these men hitting people in the crowd with their switches. It's pretty wild. These festivals are common in Bavaria and Tyrol regions of Austria. They're also popular in Germany, Austria, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Croatia, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Hungary, Northern Italy, France, Finland, and the Czech Republic. I think I named everyone. In Bavaria, there's the local artistic tradition of wearing hand-carved wooden masks. And this practice is known as Krampuslof or Krampus Run. It's part of the ancient pagan ritual meant to disperse winter's ghosts. Similar to Samhain, which I know I said that wrong in my Halloween video. I called it Samhain. My bad to the 800 people who dragged me on the internet. But this has very similar traditions to Samhain, the festival in Ireland that happens around Halloween. And once a tradition to control society and keep children in line, today the Krampus tradition can offer escape for some people from societal norms and constraints. Kind of like Halloween, you can dress up and be a creepy little devil without consequence. It's customary to offer a Krampus some schnapps at the Krampus run, but as is to be expected, this has resulted in a lot of drunk Krampuses running throughout the streets and some disorderly conduct. So every year, like a lot of other things like this, there is always some controversy behind the celebration due to its origins and also because, like a lot of celebrations, things can sometimes get out of hand. Occasionally, the spectators have been known to take revenge on the Krampuses for whipping them, and they'll attack them back. Which, if, like, that's the ancient tradition, you know that's what they're gonna do. It's kind of like showing up to a concert that you know is gonna have a mosh pit, and then like throwing yourself in the mosh pit and getting mad if you get hit. Like, what do you expect? In 2013, eight people were injured in East Tyrol or Tyrol, 
including with broken bones, when several Krampus runs went south. Krampus runs have become so popular, they've also made their way to several major cities in America, with some taking place annually in New York, LA, etc. But people in Austria and Bavaria have complained about this because now droves of Americans have started to come to their countries to see the authentic, original, traditional Krampus run. And this practice has been quite private and special to them for a long time. So understandably, they're not happy about this being spread to other countries. And the legend of Krampus has become so infamous that it's also made its way into American TV and films. In 2022, there was the horror film Krampus that was released in American theaters. And in this film, an American family had to battle Krampus in order to win back their Christmas spirit. According to Spotify podcast Mythology, Quote, some modern warping of the Krampus myth is the same sort of pop culture facelift that turned the Catholic St. Nicholas into the non-denominational Santa Claus. It may make a number of traditionalists sad, but these changes are preferable to the myth of Krampus falling into obscurity. End quote. So before we wrap up today's episode, let's hear about an alleged Krampus sighting. This was written by Jay Riley. Jay says, My family has always had a weird fascination with the Krampus legend. Instead of offering me a reward for my good behavior, my parents reinforced me with, If you're bad, Krampus will get you. If you're bad, Krampus will beat you and give you coal. To be pretty honest with you, I always believed what they said for half my life. But I'm 23 now. I know better. Well, I thought I knew better. I moved away to the state of Washington with my aunt till I could afford my own place. This was after a very dramatic feud with my parents over some disagreements concerning my college major. Well, to heck with me for wanting to pursue my passions, I guess. Not the long, expensive career paths they wanted for me. I said some things I shouldn't have. It was back in 2010 when I was 16. Then, in 2016, just last year, they invited me back for Christmas, offering me apologies and a good time with no drama. I missed my family, but I was still angry at them. So I decided to fly back to Maine for Christmas weekend, but I was not going to apologize for anything that I had said. On December 23rd, I arrived. I gave my parents awkward hugs and expected the worst. But they were different. My parents didn't nag me or try to start drama. They actually cried when I showed up. They hugged me tighter than ever. It was nice, but it wasn't enough for me. I held onto that grudge like a lifeline. The next night, Christmas Eve night, arrived soon enough and my parents and uncle and I were hanging out in the living room, sharing stories about everything I had missed while I was gone. And then, of course, came the talk of Krampus. I hope you've been good while you were away, my mom teased me. My father joined in with, mm-hmm, I've noticed some tree branches missing around here lately. 
probably just Krampus, preparing for quite a busy Christmas round here. My uncle laughed at this, but I rolled my eyes. It was pretty funny, but it was just their way of joking about the past. It helped me make everything more lighthearted, and I welcomed it. But that night I couldn't sleep. My mind was racing. I felt guilty about my parents. Maybe back then when we argued, they just wanted a better future for me. That's why they were so upset with the future I had in mind for myself. It was around 1.30 in the morning as I lay there staring at the ceiling. I began to hear something from just outside my door. It was breathing. Heavy, raspy breathing. Like some sort of oddly tall and old hobo was standing outside my bedroom door, wondering if he should knock or just walk right inside. I got up, figuring my dad was playing a prank on me. I walked right over to the guest room door and swung it open. The hallway was empty, but I could still hear the breathing. Apparently, it hadn't just been coming from behind my door. The breathing was instead coming from the living room door. It was so loud that the breathing itself echoed through the hallway. And I suddenly felt insanely cold. That's when I figured someone had left the door wide open. Maybe the snowy wind was getting inside. Maybe that's what I was hearing. I walked down the hallway, which opened up towards the living room, and for the first time in a decade, I felt a little hesitant and creeped out. I couldn't figure out why. Surely no one had broken in, right? We didn't live very close to other people. When I reached the living room, I saw the door was actually still closed, locked up tight, but the breathing was definitely there, just outside the front door. Now, this is the creepiest part. There's a telephone pole with a light on it, about 20 yards away from the front of the house overlooking the driveway. It often casts clear shadows of guests that walk up to the door. And on that dark and cold night, I could clearly see the shadows of thin legs being cast from underneath my door. It was then that I was certain someone was really outside. I swallowed hard, nearly choking on my own spit. I covered my mouth instinctively, afraid to let whoever was outside hear me. I should have told my parents then and there so that we could get some help, but my curiosity took over. And sure enough, I began walking toward the door to peek through the peephole. I closed my other eye and looked outside. I jumped back, nearly screaming, when I saw those teeth. Yellow, rotting, sharp teeth. And then they knocked. I was panicking then. I didn't know what to do. I'd never been in a situation like this before. Little did I know it was about to get much worse. Riley. Somehow they knew my name. Open the door and receive your punishment. I'll never forget that voice. Not for as long as I live. By some unseen will, I quickly stood up, jumped over to the door, and unlocked it, throwing it open. The entire time, my mind was screaming, what in the world am I doing? The door was wide open now, and I could see everything. The light pole, the snow dropping lightly down in front of it, and an empty, 
front porch. But there were footprints there, more like hoof prints, actually. I woke up my parents immediately and I showed them the prints, but they began to laugh at me. You can't be serious, Riley. My father put his hand on my shoulder. You're too old to believe in Krampus. Just looks like a goat or a deer, I would guess, my mom said as she leaned down to observe the odd tracks. Yep, definitely a deer or goat with hooves twice the thickness of my own hand. Sounds about right, mom. They went back to bed and told me to lock up the door, and I did as they told me, but I stayed in the living room trying to watch TV to take my mind off of things. Yet I kept glancing to the door, waiting to hear that breathing again. Yes, I apologized to my parents on Christmas morning, even if it was mostly due to my creepy experience. And I still went back to Washington after Christmas, back to a place I had never seen Krampus before. Let's just say I don't hold grudges any longer, and I don't answer the door at 1.30 in the morning to a heavily breathing stranger. End quote. So that story was written by someone named Jay Riley. And just to give them credit, I did find that on a YouTube channel called Darkness Prevails, which is a great channel. You can check it out and you can hear more creepy Krampus sightings uh, on their video. I've linked it in the show notes. But that is the legend of Krampus. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you are having a great happy holiday. I know Christmas has already passed, but people are still celebrating, and it's going to be the new year soon. This is the last episode of Perplexity Season 1, and it has been such a whirlwind. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and for my OGs who have been listening from the beginning. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world to me, and I'm so excited for the new year and for season two. Don't you worry. I have some really great things planned. I am going to be taking a short break. It is the first break that I have taken since I started this podcast. Uh, I am working on some just rewind episodes in the meantime that will be on the podcast platforms. It'll just be like some good highlights and rewinds of like some listener stories and family tales from season one. So you can check those out. They'll drop at those normal scheduled Wednesday times. Um, But new content, I'm going to take a pause on for at least a week or two. Don't worry, I will be back in January. I just don't know the exact date yet. Um, I just want to relax a little bit and take some uh, TLC for the holidays. So I hope you guys understand that. Um, If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it so much if you rated, reviewed, subscribed, and shared with everybody. Like I said, that always helps so much. Also, please, please, please let me know what you want for Perplexity Season 2. Do you like longer content, shorter content? Do you want more guests? Do you want more true crime, paranormal? Do you want bonus content? Do you want me to do any Q&As, react to any documentaries? Like, what kinds of content are you guys wanting? Um, Are there any topics you want me to cover? Do you have listener stories? Send all of that in, please. I welcome the feedback. You all are amazing. I hope you have a fabulous week and that you all stay safe. And have a happy new year, because the next time I talk to you, it's going to be 2024. (laughs) 
Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Perplexity, a mystery podcast. Hosted, written, and produced by Kadra Brennan. If you enjoyed today's episode, tell the world about it by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leaving a five-star review. It helps the show more than you know. Contact, support, and merch links can be found in the episode description. And if you have a story to share or a topic request, send an email to perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. Kadra would love to read your story on the podcast. Until next week, stay curious.